G'day and welcome to Is It Relevant Today? Right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigau and on this show we're examining biblical concepts and ideas and asking ourselves the important question, is it relevant today? Or is it as outdated and ridiculous as kerosene lamps and candles? The sun had set and some time had passed. People had kind of left the streets and you decide that this is the right time to start walking. So you leave your home, and you decide to take a different route this time, just so you don't attract any attention. It takes an extra 20 minutes this way, but you want to be sure that you're safe. As you approach the home, you notice that all the lights are off. So you go to the door, but you don't knock. You just open the handle and walk straight into the dark house. As you walk to where you know the stairs are, you grab hold of the rail and walk down into the basement. And when you open the door, there's a candle lit, and your friends Petrika and Rodika are there. They welcome you warmly and open their Bible. They ask you if you've considered what we spoke about last week, and you say, yes, yes I have. And what's your decision? I've decided to do it. You know it's a very dangerous thing you have chosen to do. But you are convicted it's the right choice. So a few weeks later, one morning, you wake up early. And at first light, you walk up to the lake, which is frozen. As you get there, you see Petrika and Rodika waiting for you. Someone has cut a hole in the ice. You don't know who that was. It was like that when you got there. You quickly enter the freezing water and are baptized. Straight away you get up and after a quick hug, you each go your separate ways. You want to make sure that you are not seen. Scenes such as this happened over and over in Romania during the communist times. You see, at one point it was illegal to meet up and do Bible studies. You weren't allowed to get baptized, and if you were caught, there were serious consequences. I heard a gentleman telling the story of a bunch of people who went like this on a winter's day. You see, they would go in winter because it wasn't as dangerous as other times. People didn't expect you to go into a freezing lake in the middle of winter and be baptized. And this is why they chose to do it then. This group went with a number of people who wanted to get baptized, but someone had leaked this information to the police. And as they began, the police surrounded them and they were caught. Now when they were caught, the police had pity on one of the girls as she was only nine years old, and they left her alone, but they took everyone else. They were never seen again. Why would someone take such a risk. You see, this is still happening in our world today. In many places around the world, getting baptized is an extremely dangerous endeavor. Why would someone risk their lives to be baptized? Why is this so important? We'll find out just after this song. Sound 
You.
Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today? You're listening to Marius Jigao and today we're discussing baptism. Does anyone know how old John the Baptist was when he started his ministry? How long before Jesus came on the scene did John begin to prepare the way for him? I was surprised to find out that John was around 29 or 30 years old when he started his ministry. He actually began in the same year that Jesus did. Both John the Baptist and Jesus started their ministry in the same year. And I was quite surprised to find this out. I'd always expected that John the Baptist had been preparing the way for Jesus for a long time before Jesus came on the scene. I thought in my mind that he'd been preaching and teaching and baptizing people for a significant period of time for people to get to know who he was and to come to him to be baptized. But this isn't the way that God ordained it. This isn't the way that God went about it. You see, he was instructed to begin his ministry in the same year that Jesus did. Another thing that I thought was strange was where John practiced his ministry. He prepared the way for Jesus by going out into the wilderness. Now, some versions translate that as the desert. The Greek word literally means the desolate place. You know, a desolate place where there's just nothing there. Doesn't that seem kind of strange? Why would God ask him to begin his ministry in the middle of nowhere? I would have expected him to start in Jerusalem at the temple there and tell people that the Messiah is coming. Then I would have expected him to go to the major synagogues and visit them. Tell them Jesus is coming. You know, I would have began with the most frequented of synagogues. But John went out into the wilderness, in the desolate place, and starts to preach and prepare the way for Jesus in this way. You see, God sent people to him. I was looking at the story described in John chapter 1, verses 19 to 28. Here we find John practicing his ministry. And it begins by saying, Now this is the testimony of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? You see, what happened was that the Pharisees had heard that John was beginning to preach. They heard that the people were talking about some guy that may be a prophet. And they were curious. What's going on with him? Now, they sent a group of priests and Levites. In fact, there were Pharisees that were sent to him. And the question which was on their mind was, Is this the Messiah? They knew that the Messiah was expected to come soon, and they heard that this prophet is preaching in the wilderness, and they wanted to know if he is claiming to be the Messiah. I assume that they had talked amongst themselves back in Jerusalem, and they had arranged a number of questions to ask him. But as they got to John, he answered and said to them, I am not the Christ. It's almost like the delegation that was sent was kind of taken back by this. And they were like, um, uh, what then? Are you Elijah? You see, it was commonly believed that Elijah would be raised from the dead to herald Jesus' coming, to herald the Messiah's coming. To which John said, I am not. And then they said, are you the prophet? Again, it was expected that Moses would be raised from the dead. And they referred to Moses as the prophet. And they asked John, are you the prophet? And he said, no. 
It's almost like they were thinking, what's going on here? This isn't playing out the way we rehearsed it. So they kind of regrouped and said, who are you? That we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? You see, they had been sent from Jerusalem. They had walked around 31 kilometers to get to where they were. Now that's about an entire day's journey. And they didn't want to go back empty-handed. So they were like, who are you? And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said. Isaiah had foretold John the Baptist's ministry around 800 years prior to him coming on the scene. So when the Pharisees heard him saying this, you can see by what they say next that they appear to be a bit annoyed with what he says. They say, why then do you baptize if you're not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I can imagine that they found it extremely arrogant of John the Baptist to claim that he was the one that Isaiah had prophesied about. And I like the way that John responds to them. He responds to them in a way almost similar to how Jesus sometimes responded. He kind of avoids the question and says, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who coming after me is preferred before me whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. You see, the word in Greek that's translated as one stands among you means that he is in the midst of you. Inspired writings tell us that Jesus was there at that time. And you can almost see the Pharisees looking around them and thinking, who is it? Could it be that guy over there? He looks kind of muscular. He's, he's dressed pretty well. Obviously, it's none of those peasants over there. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then Jesus came to John and asked him something extremely strange, which we'll find out just after this song.
Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today, right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Gia, and today we're looking at baptism. We've so far discovered that God chose a very strange place and method for John to prepare the way for Jesus. He began his ministry in the wilderness in the very same year that Jesus did. And when Jesus came to John, he asked him something very strange. He asked him to baptize him. Now, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. Again, this appears to be a very strange thing that God did. He did it completely different to how I, with my limited human understanding, would have gone about it. I would have tried to make sure that they all have the correct understanding. I would have got John to go and start some kind of school. We're going to start this school here and we're going to teach people about prophecy. You know the 70-week prophecy in Daniel? We're going to tell them that it's meant to be fulfilled this year. And then we're going to instruct people about how he was to be born of a virgin and how Jesus was born of a virgin. How he's meant to be born in Bethlehem will remind them that the shepherds witnessed this and the wise men that came and bought the gifts around the time of the massacre of the innocents. And in this way, convince them that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah. But he didn't go about it that way. The way he went about it was to call people to repentance. To call people to change. The Greek word which is translated as repent loosely means be you of the aftermind. Change the way that your mind is and then walk in that way. Now, it's interesting, the reason that John did this is because God knew the people weren't going to accept Jesus simply based on an intellectual knowledge. They were not going to accept Jesus if they simply had the right facts. That's not the way it worked. The Pharisees knew many of the correct facts, but they seemed to be Jesus' biggest opposition. You see, God knew that it's when the heart is converted then and only then will they be willing to accept the Messiah. In a similar way today, the thing that matters most in our Christian walk is having a true heart conversion in exhibiting true repentance. Which means that when God brings something you need to do or adjust in your life, that you actually do it. For example, has God brought to light in your life that you need to forgive someone and be reconciled to them? If you're not doing this, it really doesn't matter that you know the truth about the state of the dead or the Sabbath. It won't help you at all. Is God convincing you that you need to let go of the bitterness that you're holding on to against your spouse? That you need to repent? You see, it doesn't matter that you know all about the Antichrist and the mark of the beasts. These things will be useless to you without true repentance. John knew these things as well. He knew that a correct understanding of theology is useless unless one is practicing true repentance in their lives. Please don't misunderstand me. It's important to have a true and accurate understanding of biblical doctrines. But they can only benefit you when they are coupled with genuine repentance. But when Jesus came to John, he asked him to baptize him. 
And John said, I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you. I can't baptize you. This is a baptism of repentance. You have nothing to repent of. You should be baptizing me. And Jesus said to him, let it be so for now. For this it is proper to fulfill all righteousness. What does this mean? Why do we need to be baptized? And why did Jesus need to be baptized? We'll find out just after this song.
Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today? I'm Marius Jigao, and today we're looking at baptism. We've so far discovered that John preached a baptism of repentance, and that this is the most important factor in one's life to determine whether or not you will accept Jesus. We're now asking, why do we need to be baptized? And why did Jesus, who had nothing to repent of, need to be baptized? We're going to have a look at three reasons why we need to be baptized and three reasons that Jesus got baptized. Now, the first reason we need to be baptized is because Jesus set this example. This is what Jesus did. And as Christians, we want to be more like Jesus. So when you want to be more like someone, you start to behave like them, try to adopt the things that they do. I see my son Daniel all the time at home. When I'm doing something in one way, he does it in the same way. If I tap my fingers on the table in a particular way, he taps his fingers on the table in a similar way. The other day we were at the zoo and it was pretty cold outside, so I had my hands in my pocket and I was walking with them in my pocket to keep them warm and I see him walking around and he has his hands in his pocket with a big smile on his face. He's trying to be like me. In a similar way, we follow Jesus because we want to be like him. And it's important to be baptized because he was baptized. But why was he baptized? What's the purpose for Jesus, the sinless one, to be baptized? One of the reasons I found for this is that this began his new identity. You see, up to this point, until he was baptized, he was just Jesus. When he was baptized, he became the Messiah. He wasn't the Messiah before he was baptized. You see, the Hebrew word Messiah means the anointed one. It comes from the Hebrew word Masa, which means to smear or to anoint. They would say, before you go to battle, you would Masa your shield with grease. But when the word Messiah is applied to a person, it refers to someone who is anointed for a specific reason. So when Jesus was baptized... John gives us the testimony and he says, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. You see, John was testifying that he saw the Holy Spirit anoint him. And then he became the Messiah. Jesus began a new part of his life after his baptism. In a similar way, when we are baptized, we begin a new part of our life. We begin our new identity in Christ. The second reason that Jesus was baptized was to secure righteousness. Other versions translate this as to fulfill righteousness. This is the reason that Jesus said. Now, what does it mean? You see, Jesus had a specific path to walk. God had a specific plan for him. He had to walk in that plan. And Jesus was baptized 
because this was part of God's plan for him. In a similar way, when we get baptized, we accept that God has a plan for us and we walk in it. Through this act, we're saying to the world, I am choosing to take on the plan that God has for my life. The third reason that Jesus was baptized was to join his life with our own. You see, through baptism, Jesus stepped into our shoes. Jesus walked into our sphere, which was a place of sin. He was sinless, but he entered our place full of sin. In a similar way, when we get baptized, we enter into God's righteousness. We have no part of this righteousness, just like Jesus had no part in our sin. But when we are baptized, we are reaching out our hand to Christ and we are aligning ourselves with him. So the first reason that we get baptized is because Jesus did it and we want to be like him. The second reason why we get baptized is quite simple, because Jesus told us to. Not only do we want to become like Jesus, because that's what Christians do, but we do what Jesus tells us to do. In Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, we have three verses that are often referred to as the Great Commission. And it says, Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So here, Jesus tells us to go and make disciples. Well, how do we do this? He continues to tell us how. He says, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So in turn, when we become disciples, we get baptized. Now we're going to look at the third reason we get baptized just after this song. Lord, I come to you Let my heart be changed, renewed, flowing from the grace that I found in you. And Lord, I've come to know the weaknesses I see in me will be stripped away. By the power of your love Hold me close Let your love surround me Bring me near Draw me to your side Your spirit leads me on in the power of your love. 
Back to Is It Relevant Today, right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigao, and today we're looking at baptism. And we've found that the reason Jesus got baptized is because this signified the beginning of his new identity. It secured righteousness in that he submitted his will to the Father's plan for him. And that through his baptism, he joined his lot with humanity's. We also found out that we get baptized because this is the example that Jesus gave us and also because he told us to. Now, before we get into the third reason why we get baptized, I want to ask you a question. How many of you like to preach? When I asked this question at Horsham last week, I kind of got one person who put their hand kind of halfway up. A lot more people were shaking their heads. According to a study conducted in the States, the number one fear of people is public speaking. Number two is death. Think about this. People are more afraid of public speaking than they are of dying. This means that if you were to be at a funeral, the average person would rather be in the casket than conducting the eulogy. A few months ago, my wife Gabrielle told me something. Something she didn't actually tell me when it happened. In fact, she waited three years to tell me about it. Four years ago, I was studying at Arise, which is a discipleship training program. And part of the program was to prepare a sermon or a sermonette, a short 10-minute presentation. And Gabrielle told me that after she heard my first sermon, she thought, Oh no, he wants to be a minister? Now, she didn't say I was completely awful, but it sounds like I probably was. There's two things in my life that I thought, no, that is not for me. One of them was to be a Bible worker. 
I said this to numerous people in my life, that being a Bible worker, in my opinion, was the worst job to have. I thought, I don't want to go around knocking on people's doors and being rejected all day. No thanks, that's not for me. I ended up doing Bible work for two and a half years. And the other thing I said that's not for me is public speaking. I thought, nah, that's not for me. But God obviously has a sense of humor. The third reason that we get baptized is to proclaim and preach the gospel. You see, through our baptism, we proclaim what Jesus did for us. I want to ask you, what is the gospel? What is the good news? I have it on good authority that the good news is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. If we look in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we see what Paul says about this. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and in which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word that I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. So what is this gospel you speak about, Paul? He says, For what I received I passed on to you, as of first importance. So I received this gospel and I'm passing it to you because it's the most important thing as of first importance. He said that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. When we see someone being baptized, we are watching them proclaim the gospel to us. Through their actions, they proclaim that Jesus died, that he was buried as they go underwater. But as they come up out of the water, they proclaim that Jesus rose again. Baptism is a a celebration. It's a party. And the main event at that party is the thing that Paul says was of prime importance, which is the proclaiming of the gospel. So why do people choose to risk their lives to be baptized? Why do some people come to frozen lakes in order to be baptized? Well, there's three reasons. They do it because this is what Jesus did. They do it because Jesus told them to. And they do it in order to proclaim the gospel. So I want to ask you today, Is there anyone listening who has heard God's voice today? Is there anyone who has yet to accept baptism? Is God saying to you today that you too should also proclaim the gospel? Maybe there's someone listening who's already been baptized. We're told in Acts chapter 19, we have an interesting event that happens. A group of people there are Rebaptized. They receive new light. They come to a new understanding of the truth. And when they do this, they choose to be rebaptized. Is there anyone listening who has recently had a paradigm shift in the way that they look at the gospel? Who want to say, I want to be rebaptized? Or there may be someone who was baptized already into the truth. But since then, they walked away 
I did this in my life. And when I decided to turn my life around and come back to God, I chose to be rebaptized. Is there anyone listening today who would like to be rebaptized? If God has been speaking to you concerning being baptized, I encourage you to reach out to one of the ministers in the location where you are. Let's close in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the example that you sent to us through Jesus and his baptism. Lord, we want to give our hearts to you. We want to proclaim the gospel because we know, Lord, that you are coming soon. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We thank you for listening today. Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel called Is It Relevant Today? where we have video presentations on many topics including The Rich Man and Lazarus, a description of reality or a fictional parable conveying biblical truth. We look forward to seeing you next week. I'm Marius Jigal. God bless and I hope you have a magnificent day. See
heaven A virgin will conceive A human baby bearing undiminished deity The glory of the nations A light for all to see And hope for all who will embrace His warm reality listening to is it relevant today if you have any questions or comments please leave them on our facebook page 
Is it relevant today? But for now, thanks for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next week. I love to tell the story. Twill be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus in.